1: And welcome to another edition of Dan Straightcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. And today we are sponsored by the good people over at Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to tune into later in the show so you can get a 100 deposit match for your 100 100 deposit over at Underdog, and that can turn into billions. All right, today we are missing Dan once again. His coworker has COVID, so um, you can can boo them and, and uh, slap them in the face. Uh, but don't slap Dan. Uh, I like his face. It's nice. Um, but today, you you aren't I, – I, I should have said it before I said that because now people are going to be turning it off. They're like We don't need another Nathan Solo episode in our life. I think that John is like one of three people who listened to the Nathan Solo episodes. And John, John Bosch, is the person who is with me today. He was like, I listened to the Solo episodes, but if you need somebody, let me know because, like, they're really bad. <laughs>
2: I, I listen to every solo episode until you say it's a solo episode. Yeah, so I always tune, I always tune in for it.
1: So we are joined by That's
2: not true, Nathan. I listen all the way through. <laughs> we are joined by and John. You Bos- had to mess with your phone when you're driving. So. Oh, absolutely, uh, John Bosch, Commissioner, <laughs>
1: extra- Commissioner Extraordinaire, and uh, Podcast Extraordinaire, Dynasty nice Game Night, all those fun things. Uh, Wall Street is that still a thing? Um, yeah, yeah. That's okay. probably the
2: one I do more than anything else, actually. At this point, there,
1: there we go. All right. So today we got one slight, small, very teeny te- weeny te- 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 te news and notes, and then basically this today we're going to be picking John Bosch's brain um, with ideas that I have, but mostly centered around things that I know John has talked about on the Twitter sphere, on his podcasts, and other things. And then we will start end with a game of comparing rookies to theme parks John John has been to um, so we'll start off with the news and note Gronk Gronk has retired um, allegedly reportedly um, when asked his agent Drew has now said that if Tom Brady calls him in the middle of the season Gronk will likely pick up that phone call so what are what are the famous implications of Gronk retiring because my personal opinion I have Gronk on a few teams and I hate this news if only because I know that I'm going to drop him in late August and he's going to come back in mid-October.
2: Don't, don't drop him. There is, there is some fourth-round rookie pick that you picked up this year, Nathan. I know you did. I know what you stash on your rosters. I know the garbage <laughs> that you have. <laughs> drop that player. I like. Well, you're probably like, well, he's taxi-eligible and Gronk's not. Find a way to keep Gronk on your roster because you know if you do drop him he is definitely coming back if you drop him so just keep him and let him sit out the whole year if need be <laughs> like I, i'm not sure i won't drop him he i i will keep him on rosters if i if anybody does drop him i'll definitely put blind bid on him to put him on my rosters
1: yeah i mean obviously when you we're, when we're talking about dropping guys it's obviously a conversation of roster spots like if you're in 20 roster spots or less i don't see a way that you can you can roster Rob Gronkowski in, in his retirement. But if you're in the 24, if you're in the 24 range, I think it's French. I think if you're in the 28 to 30 range, I think it's an easy, easy keep. Um, so I think in the shallower leaks, it might be a little bit more difficult, but I, I agree that if for no other reason, like, you know, especially with, with, with roster cut decisions, you want to make the decision that doesn't bite you in the butt. And like, is, is dropping, I don't know. Um, uh, the, Uh, The Chigozum guy, the tight end from the Tennessee Titans, is (laughs) that going to bite you? Is is that guy, is dropping him going to bite you in the butt? Probably not. Is dropping Robert Grykowski going to bite you in the butt? Mm -hmm. It could, you know, by by giving you that nice little playoff run in uh, mid-October to late November.
2: I think trade value alone. If Gronk comes back, you're getting a pick for him. Like, you're getting something from him. Right. Whether and you use him or not, you're going to yeah, get and, something out
1: of him. And obviously, we didn't really know when he came back the first time, like what his length of the comeback would be. But he was a late second round, you know, rookie pick type value immediately the moment he unretired, if not higher, you know, in tight end premium and formats like that. Now, I mean, even if I we... A, I
2: mean, he scored good points last year too, right? Yeah, like, no, he,
1: he's, he's basically been a tight end one for the Bucks in yeah. a few years. Um, he plays, he's good. Now... But we're gonna, now we're going to answer the universe that, that that Gronk doesn't come back in August or maybe doesn't even come back in October. Where are we at with the Cade Otten, the fourth round pick, the top of the fourth round they, they selected in the NFL draft versus Cameron Brait season?
2: I'm really excited for Mike Evans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a really, really excited for Mike Evans. Uh, I got Kate Otten for a dollar and a couple of rookie auctions over the last few weeks. I don't think I'd get him for a dollar again. He's probably three or four whole dollars now. <laughs> like I, I mean, I'm not really excited for either of them. Cameron Braid is the tight end that he's always been. I don't want to have to start him. If I have no other options, you know, like my main starters hurt, my backups on buy, I'll throw Cameron Braid in there and just hope I get a touchdown. Like, I I that's I do not want to be relying on either of these players in my tight end spot.
1: Sure. And I know this can be said basically for every tight end there is, (laughs) but, but in best ball, in best ball, Cameron Brate's going to have a few startable weeks. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I'm not sure you can say that about Kate Otten. Like, I I don't, I don't know what we're going to get from him. It could be, it could be literally zero. It could be, you know, like 30 catches for like 200 yards or something crazy like that. I, I don't know what we're gonna get from Kate Otten. I'm I'm fairly confident that in, in this scenario the Bucks offense is in right now, which is just Mike Evans and Chris Godwin coming back in a little bit. I think that you can lock in uh Cameron Braid for seven to eight touchdowns. It's just when are those seven to eight touchdowns going to occur? Um but in general, I think that in in re in redraft best ball, but also just in best ball in general, I'm I'm targeting Bray as a late-round target. I don't know how, uh, like, is Brayton no longer going to be a late runner In Dynasty, obviously, he he still has zero value. But do you think that his redraft price might bump up to, like, the 12th, 13th round? Um,
2: no. (laughs) No? I don't think so. I, you know, maybe, I don't play as much redraft as Dynasty, but still, like, even in, like, uh, just, like, best ball drafts and stuff, I can't, I wouldn't want to put a 13 or 14-round pick on him. No, I I'd be okay putting a very late round pick on him and just mm. hoping for the best. But now I'm not. I no, I'm just not in on Cameron Break. All right, from
1: one. Uh, oh, and, and Kay Dotton, by the way, I I do think this bumps him up into a dynasty value because he's going to get an opportunity, and, yeah. and and if for nothing else, there's that. But but also, this is good news. Good good news. Good good news for Kay Dotton managers because. We weren't expecting to see anything from Kate Otten in twenty twenty two. Now, if you see nothing from Kate Otten in twenty twenty two, he's very easily droppable this time next year. <laughs> Whereas if Gronk had played, there would have been like, oh, what's gonna happen when when Kate Otten gets the opportunity when Gronk leaves? Like we're gonna know whether or not Kate Otten has anything in the tank pretty quickly. I'm not saying he's gonna have some breakout season, but he's at least gonna get some sort of opportunity.
2: He went from being like a fifth round rookie pick or waiver wire pickup to Probably a fourth round pick like he's worth he's worth your last pick in a in a rookie draft because you don't know And a fourth round pick is, you know, basically you have priority over waiver wire in the fourth round. That's what he is now.
1: Now, let's talk about one of your favorite topics. Um, It is one Kyle Pitts. Um, I think that he has one of the more interesting. You guys do uh, five hour shows, right? (laughs) We do not do five hour (laughs) shows. Uh, Kyle Pitts one of the more interesting cases of trade value versus startup value in, I, I feel like every time, you know, we are on a broadcast together, we, I bring up Kaleidoscope. Um, but I am, I, I think I have one or two current, you know, shares of Kyle Pitts. Um, one, one, one that I did have in the past was in your Kaleidoscope league, which is a two tight end league. It's tight and premium as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Two, two, two tight end, two tight end premium, pretty much as tight end premium as you can get. Um, and in that league, I traded Kyle Pitts for TJ Hawkinson, or I traded Kyle Pitts in a first for TJ Hawkinson and CD Lamb. Um, so basically, I saw it as Pitts for Lamb and then a first for Hawkinson, kind of what the, the outlook of that trade was. And... A lot of the group chat of the 99 other managers was like, how could you (laughs) trade Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts is untradeable, da-da-da. And I thought that Dan and I got decent value because we are big CD Lamb believers. We think he has, you know, wire receiver one overall upside. You know, I guess, what what were your initial thoughts? I I know that you're going to side with Kyle Pitts here, but what were your initial thoughts when you saw that trade coming up across your email?
2: I can't believe they traded Kyle Pitts for that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I am obviously a huge Kyle Pitts fan. It is a best ball lineup. So, like, you don't have to make the decision on when to start either of these tight ends or any tight end. And you had access to any tight end you wanted. So, like, that's the only reason it worked too tight end. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, otherwise I'm not a big fan of that setting. But you had the choice. And we also play, like, three quarterbacks. So, like, you just you start a lot of players in this league. Mm-hmm because of the design of the league where you could you could you pick whatever you wanted it would choose your own adventure um so as much as I like Lamb which I do I still have him right up there in in, in the top receivers I mean he's he's not Chase he's not Jefferson I think you can make an argument argument for him at three yeah. like I, I don't I don't have a problem with that argument but he's a wide receiver <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And for me, the the difference between C.D. Lamb to so many other wide receivers is not as big as the gap that I see, even between Kyle Pitts and T.J. Hawkinson, mm-hmm. much less Kyle Pitts and tight ends that are below T.J. Hawkinson, which it gets to be a pretty steep drop off at that point. Yeah. So that's just that positional advantage is just it's so huge for me. And Pitts so- gives it to you more than anybody.
1: You've been active in both the Kyle Pitts trade market and the Kyle Pitts startup market. Do you think that they're similar? Do you think one is higher than the other? What are your thoughts on on that comparison?
2: You'd be surprised at how inactive I've been in the trade market. Not because I haven't tried. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Success. I guess I have not been successful. I have been active. I have not been successful. You can't trade for Kyle Pitts. Like, you just can't. Once somebody has him on his roster, in order to get him off their roster... His trade value is definitely higher than his startup value, unless I'm in there. <laughs> like, if I'm in there, he's not going past 103 in a super flex league. Um, I know a lot of people will take him at the back end of the first round. I might be crazy enough to take him even a little above 103, depending on how I want to play the league. But, um, like, that's it for me. So, for me, his value is skyrocket everywhere. Yeah, so so similar to,
1: similar to how people talk about – how the startup is going to be the cheapest time to buy a quarterback because people, you know, hold on those the death death grip in the superflex format. You're kind of seeing cow as a quarterback in superflex, except for he's a tight end. And yes. I'm assuming that for the most part, you're talking about tight end premium or two tight end. Like in a in a traditional like, you know, let's just say like a superflex one court uh, one one tight end no premium league. Like, are you still taking him in that upper half of the first round?
2: Yeah, tight end premium means nothing to me. Um. <laughs> Just because the no matter what, you're starting Kyle Pitts versus somebody else starting tight end. Mm-hmm, they're yeah. both being played on the same scoring system. So whether or not they're one and a half points per catch or one point per catch, I'm getting the same ratio of advantage no matter what the scoring system is. Tight end premium only really comes into play for me if you want to make a tight end a flexible option. Like you can put them in your flex, and I'm not just talking like Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, the, the guys that you would already start in your flex. For tight end premium, they really, really matter. You've got to make it so other tight ends get started over wide receivers and running backs. Pitts, I would start over over them anyway. <laughs> you know, uh, but so tight end premium doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, he's, he's my 103 easily in any super flex setup. And like I said, I could go higher on him for perhaps.
1: All right. Um, Now, going from one player you're high on to a player I think you should be high on. I'm not sure your stance on him personally. I asked the question, are people bored with Patrick Mahomes?
2: I think people are bored with Patrick Mahomes. I think now is probably a good time to try and trade for him. Look, people love new things. I love Joe Burrow. I love Justin Herbert. I'm not moving them above Patrick Mahomes. For me, the order still goes probably Josh Allen, then probably Patrick Mahomes. But Like, I don't mind flipping those two back and forth. I think Josh Allen has the advantage because of his legs in that production that you get. That Mahomes doesn't do that as much anymore. Like, he's come down on it a little bit. Uh, sure, but I mean, I think that you
1: could make the same argument that as Mahomes has sustained a couple injuries, he's like, yeah, I should probably just stay in this pocket. I think that you might see that just as much from Josh Allen in a year or two, because he's going to learn real quickly. Like, yeah, it really sucks when the Bills have to start player X, whoever. Oh, it's uh, nope, not Trubisky anymore. I don't even know who their QB2 is.
2: I don't know either, but that's a year or two down the road. So, so, so so we get at least one more year of probably Josh Allen running and taking all those goal line touchdowns, stuff like that. So I'll take that for now. That's the dividing line. That's what splits them. Um, So I'm not really bored of Patrick Mahomes, but I do think other people, I do sense that in the trade market. I've seen it in the trade market. Like you can get, you can get Mahomes for a, a lot less than you used to be able to, so. If I have a quarterback, I can upgrade up to Mahomes like a DAC plus something for Mahomes. I'm probably going to go out and get Mahomes. People are down on him because he lost Tyree Kell. Travis Kelsey's getting older. You know they still don't have a stud running back. But Kansas City's offense is Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't really care who's around him. He's going to produce.
1: Yeah, talking more about trades I've made uh, in the last month. I I I've actually acquired Patrick Mahomes twice this offseason in Superflex format. Uh, the first one being on draft night, I had an eager Eagles fan um, where I traded Lamar Jackson and uh, A.J. Brown for uh, Patrick Mahomes and basically a bunch of like second round rookie picks. Um, and so, you know, basically, I think that I still think there's a, a decent size gap between Mahomes and Lamar long term because I, I think that there's the safety of Mahomes' is, Mahomes's arm and I think that he's just going to be more productive for longer, um, and then I'll, you know, I'll sacrifice AJ Brown's wide production, you know, in exchange for the, the the young pieces that I got in exchange. But the other one, maybe a little bit more interesting to talk about, is in the kitchen sink format. Um, I traded uh, myself and Russell Clay on a team we, we co Uh We traded Trey Lance on a three and Jalen Waddle on a three, for Patrick Mahomes on a one. But if you're familiar with the the Kitchen Sink format, theoretically, we can give a one-year contract to Mahomes in perpetuity. We only get two of those per year. But I can imagine, at least for the next several years, we're going to be giving that one-year contract to Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yes. I I was trying to think through how kitchens. yeah, you're going to just keep – yeah, why wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, it, there's no you're not, sense. You're
2: not gonna you're not gonna get rid of him like he's gonna, <laughs> and you pay whatever you have to to get him on keep him on your roster. Like why not?
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely for those that are in the in the weeds of the conditioning format. The other option would be to RFA him, which would mean that I would have to match the bid that he comes in on, and the bid that would come in would probably be like two thousand AP, which would would cause you know large amount of trades needing to happen. So we're gonna just continue to tag him year in and year out. You should tag yourself with Underdog. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Underdog today. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. For season-long drafts only. No waivers, trades, or lineup setting. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft a fantasy team in minutes. Sign up now with code ROTOVIZ. R-O-T-O-V-I-Z You can get Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes in probably, I don't know, around three? Probably his ADP is right now in Underdog. Uh, and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash. When you make your first deposit of $10 or more, deposit $100, get $100 free. With their slick mobile app and user-friendly website, you'll have no problem jumping in and drafting your squad. It could be Patrick Mahomes, could be Josh Allen, who knows? Um, Pick'em Games, not available in every state where drafts are available, can win up to 20x your money in one night. 20x your money, wowzer. You can go to the, go to the bank, go to the grocery store, whatever you need with 20x your money. Pick over, under... On your favorite player stats to win big. Pick two, big between two or five players. You can also pick rivals, which pits two players against each other. Once again, that's promo code ROTOVIZ. R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. Get involved with Underdog Today and Best Ball Mania 3. You can get millions. So, I'm telling you. $100, $100 deposit. Mate. John, I'm going to loop you in here. Do, do you like free money?
2: I do like free money. Do,
1: do you? Okay, do you like free money that could win you over a million dollars?
2: Oh, I would really like some free money that could win me over a million dollars. Nathan, how do I find this free money that could win me over a million dollars?
1: You go to underdog fantasy and use promo code RODOVIz and you enter Best Bowl Mania 3 with your five. Five entries to Best Bowl Mania 3 with your hundred dollar deposit match. Now let's get back on the show.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
1: All right, now let's move on to some uh, some fun topics. Uh, we have some, some roster talk. I feel like on every podcast and every article and every Twitter feed, June and July is filled with, it's time to consolidate. You've done your rookie drafts, you've done your rookie auctions, you might be in your free agency auctions or Debbie auctions or Debbie drafts. Now is the time to consolidate your roster, especially in leagues that expand offseason rosters and, and then you know unexpand as um, – what, what's the opposite of expand uh, contract, <laughs> contract, contract, contract <laughs> rosters, contract rosters in late August. You know, you never want to be the guy who is like six roster spots over. And is like begging people to to make trades in mid to late August. So this advice people are giving of consolidating rosters in June and July, is it easier said than done?
2: Um, I don't think so, because I think if you want to do it, you will find a way to do it. Now, you might have to put in some effort. You can't just go into your chat and be like, hey, I want to give two players for one player. Um, that's not going to work. <laughs> the best way to get offers is to send offers. So if you can do it, I mean, people will respond. Eh, maybe they're on vacation. Maybe they're not going to respond right away. But if you send an offer, you will get a response. Even if it's just a rejection, that's a response. So yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's any easier or harder at any time of year. It's all just in the effort that you put in.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that the the difficult answer to this is like, I think that the farther away you are from the cut deadline. So if you're in March, I think it's a a little bit easier than it is in June because people lose sight of that deadline the further away they are from it. And so I, I think that the one thing that is incredibly difficult, no matter what time of the year is, but particularly as you get later, is you shouldn't be using the end of your roster to consolidate your roster. More often than not, if you're looking at the end of your roster, and you're like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to trade Chris Herndon, or I'm looking at how to trade, um, I don't know, like Tutu Atwell, or I'm trying to think of like, guys that would be on the end of your roster. More often than not, people are like, that guy's going to be on the waiver the day after you cut him. Like, wh- why would I make that trade? I think more often than not, the, the better place to consolidate is take two starters, you know, like – You know, uh, for example, to take, you know, an A.J. Brown and and a Lamar Jackson and turn it to Mahomes and, and future picks or, you know, something like that where, like, you're taking two starter level players and getting another starter level player in a future pick or getting a much better starter level player. So I think that's the that is the more, quote unquote, easy way to consolidate is don't make it obvious where it's like, hey, these are the guys that I'm cutting in two weeks. Make it make it guys that aren't cuttable, but have have roster value.
2: I don't really have a way to consolidate rosters or consolidate your roster without sending offers. I mean, I don't think about my roster the same way that some do that, uh, that I have to constantly be churning my bottom three or four players because I don't play the waiver wire anymore. I've just completely given up on it. So I, I guess I, one strategy I will do is I will offer a player and a pick, Little more freely. I'm pretty free with giving away future picks. Now I'm not giving away 2023 firsts. So I know better than that. Um, <laughs> but like if somebody I never let a third or a fourth hold up a deal. So if somebody, if I offer a two for one and they seem a little hesitant, you know, maybe I'll say, Well, would you like a bump from the fourth to the third? Something like that. Like you can always play with picks. Playing with picks always allows for a little bit easier consolidation and it does not add to your roster spots. Because it's picks.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's go to some a commish topic. I um, think' something that came up in our kaleidoscope league chat, and I think it feel like it always comes up in our uh, seeker commish chat that we talk about all you guys in. Uh, how to keep how to keep complicated leagues fresh? You know, many years in, four or five years in, because I, I, I even, I'm even noticing it a little bit with some of the no name leagues where it's like. You know, people aren't quite as excited for the rookie or the free agent, the debut auction, as they were in year one and year two. I think it's just the case of a a league being several years in. But do you think it's a little bit more important or even just, you know, necessary to find a way to to keep those complicated leagues fresh, where it's not just like people like, okay, I've done this dance with the rookie auction, the free agency auction, and like I'm going to go back to my, you know, boring goal one QB leagues.
2: No. Um, I mean, for me, I'll never go back. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have zero interest in any league. That's not uh unique. Like I, yeah. for me, it's gotta be different. Now we're, we're in the second year of Kaleidoscope. Obviously nothing matches year one of anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if you have a, a league that feels as fun in year two, three, four, five, six, as it did when you're doing the startup, <laughs> then either the startup was <laughs> kind of lame for some reason. Um, or you just have really unique league. There there are ways. One way is like turnover. Turnover, yeah. for me, I don't view turnover as a bad thing. Uh, it brings in fresh people into the league that when they join a league, a lot of times they're going to join for unique leagues. They're joining it and having this experience for the first time. So they kind of bring some of that enthusiasm enthusiasm back. So I love I love my dispersal season in my leagues, um, yeah, Yeah, because it rejuvenates the leagues.
1: Outside of the startup year, the most active season is going to be that dispersal, because I, Uh. you know, especially dispersal auctions. I think it's a little bit harder in dispersal drafts, um, because those aren't typically done on the league site, and so you know things get a little bit more hairy. But dispersal auctions, where teams can like win a player and immediately trade them. To a, a you know to a team that's in the dispersal to a team that's not in the dispersal can you know cause a lot of a lot of league movement and also i think it ingratiates those new managers to the league where it's like uh you have the current managers like oh how do i make a trade with this guy um and things like that so i, I think that you're right that the the number one way to keep league trust is like if you want a league to die don't do dispersals because like i can very easily see how things can get very stale if you're like okay like we lost two guys and we're gonna just replace them with, okay, Johnny's going to take team A and Larry's going to take team B. That's going to kill a league instantly. I don't really, I mean, I think that's more so a uh, straw man because I don't think that even happens anymore outside of, you know, like public leagues.
2: No, I mean, I, I had to replace a couple of people in my Fog of War League, uh, but this was after the dues were paid. We had already done, like, yeah. uh, some of the off-season activities. Um, so at that point then, the dispersal had already taken place. Yeah, you sure. um, but of course, I don't do the dispersal until after everybody's paid, because then if people change their mind later, two people get to come in, they get a free roll, you know, is what yeah. it is. They'll get that. They'll get that feel of that start next year if they want to join the dispersal again, because I always allow second chance in all my leagues, uh, which I'm sure that's been discussed on Hebrew before. But for those that don't know, if you have a returning manager that they don't want to leave the league but they also would like a do over, <laughs> give them the chance. Like to me, I don't understand why a second chance isn't offered everywhere um, because I'd rather somebody say, okay, I'd rather just start over than say, okay, I don't want to be in the league anymore. I like to keep people that want to stay in the league. And so I'll, I'll give them as many options as I can to keep them interested. And honestly, start overs are fun. <laughs> like I've, I've, I've second chanced in my own leagues and, uh, it's always fun. I join a lot of the dispersals just because I think I'm good at them, and it's fun. It it, it sometimes yeah that, is, that, the, uh, is, that is always
1: a a cocky way of looking at it, especially like from the commissioner point of view where it's like <laughs> yes. all right I brought these three people in I can kick their ass <laughs>
2: and uh, no I mean I just not even in my just my leagues I I joined yeah, no, no, like sure. Matt Price's red list league I literally went into that league just planning to do the dispersal every single year and I think I've done it just about every year that it was even offered because i i just wanted to challenge myself to do that i think i'm good at auctioning and i think i can come out with a pretty good roster if i just keep churning it over and over and over that's how i turn it i just you know i i start over with a new roster every year i've little i also have little um loyalty to players and stuff so <laughs> to me it's fine <laughs>
1: All right, let's. We're gonna wrap up this show um, with a little fun idea. John, like, like Dan, you have eighteen kids, and I'm three. <laughs> kid, Dan also has three. Dan also has three, which is eighteen. You know, and anything more than one is basically eighteen. Um, so, eighteen kids. Uh, you gallivant around the country um, to various different theme parks with these children you have, uh, and I'm assuming your wife. Um, Correct. That and is, that
2: is who is always with me at this.
1: <laughs> um, and so I would like you to compare 2022 rookies to theme parks that you've been to. And, and we can we can uh, dive into why why the matches are the way they are.
2: OK, so I, I've been working on this since uh, since you sent it to me. There are still a couple of theme parks I don't even have listed. I, I, I I'm I'm really kind of shocked by that. Uh, I will st- just want me to start at the top of the rookie. Yeah, yeah, and no, start at the top. Go ahead. All right. So Brees Hall. I he is Cedar Point. <laughs> expensive as can be. Um, and if you want to get the, you know, like if, if you want to be locked in to have Brees Hall, it's gonna be really expensive, which you know, that's like adding in the fast passes and all that stuff to make sure that you get all on all the rides. So Brees Hall, Cedar Point, best the best option. Like if you want to ride roller coasters, you go to Cedar Point. There is no place in the world <laughs> literally better for roller coaster riding. Now, I will say he's a jet. I have been to Cedar Point on days where like three of their main rides are down. Um, so there's also a possibility of the day not working out the way you want it to because it was <laughs> a jet. Um but nonetheless, even like a bad day at Cedar Point, you're probably still having fun.
1: So you Brees got, Hall, you, got a, you got a little bit of a floor with Brees Hall
2: and Cedar Point. Yes, exactly. So even if he's even if he's a little, you know, a jet, he's probably still fine. Um, Drake London, Hollywood Studios, very fun, uh, definitely a good time. Loved it. Not the main attraction in the area. Okay. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is there. Kenneth Walker, I actually gave to my home park. King's Island Um, at this point, I I still love King's Island. I'm happy to go to King's Island every day, which I do a lot. (laughs) Maybe not every day. We didn't go today. First time we haven't gone in like four days. Um, We go a lot. Kenneth Walker. But if if at this point, like if I plan a trip, it's not to King's Island. So it kind of feels like settling. But we're here. Like we're here. It's close. You know, it's obtainable and it's fun. Kenneth Walker kind of feels like settling because he's not Brees Hall. <laughs> like, I couldn't get Brees Hall, so I got Kenneth Walker. Well, we couldn't go to Cedar Point this weekend, so we went to Kings Island.
0: Still,
2: still good. Still good. Still good. Uh, Garrett Wilson, he comes in at Magic Kingdom for me. <laughs> everything you need. Everything you need, but the location. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, he's in the, he's a jet. Magic Kingdom's in Orlando, Florida. If you've been there at certain times of year, basically anything out of what, like December and January, Nathan? Uh,
1: oh, I mean, fe- February <laughs> February is Florida's coldest month, so. Okay,
2: so, it, okay, fine. Anything, and you don't want to go during Christmas because, like, uh, it's just bad, so. It's so crowded. So, and it's just, it's down in Florida. Just, ah. Uh, but. Everything but location. But, but,
1: but I do think that, Garrett Wilson's best day will be like a you know nine catch for one seventy and a touchdown, and so yeah, the best the day at Magic. We,
2: King. That is your best day at Magic Kingdom. Is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Hey, I love Disney. Like I am a I am a Disney nerd. I've been there a lot. Love it. Still, part of me wants to go back for one more like big huge Disney trip with the kids and stuff. All right, Traylon Burks, I'm going with Valley Fair. We're going up to Scott Fish's neighborhood. It's a really good park. And there is like no competition in the area for for theme parks, like that's it. If you're anywhere around there, you're going to Valley Fair. You're, I I assume, Chyler Burks is catching every ball in Tennessee, right?
1: You like, you didn't see the the Roto World or the NBC Sportshead blurb that he's the the third on the depth
2: chart? No, nah, I. I'm not gonna blame <laughs> <believe> that. <laughs> I don't care if he's the eighth on the depth chart, he's better than all the other options around there. Uh Jameson Williams. So, like this is um I, I'm going with Knott's berry farm. Again, good. Kind of just grouped in, clumped into an area where there's a bunch of them, like in, in the rookie draft order. Not necessarily in on his team. Knott's berry farm, good. But Grouped in, you know, not like super far above uh Traylon Burks or Valley Fair, but you know, fine. Uh, Chris Olave now,
3: this is this gonna be is, like, by the way, for, for
1: those wondering, this is I mean, this is great, John. This is much more than I was, I thought it was be like three of them.
2: <laughs> oh, no, 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 I told you, I have like I, I've been to a lot of parks. All right, we got Toverland. This is over in the Netherlands, what is <laughs> it's over, over in the Netherlands. Um, so this obviously for me has a little bit of nostalgic because I loved it during our Euro trip that we went to an amusement park over there. And Chris Olave is a buckeye. So that's why for me he compares it to Overland. Also very good park. I probably <laughs> I, you know I had a lot of fun at it uh which probably made me like it more. Chris Olave made me you know he did some good things for the buckeye so maybe I like him a little more. All right Sky Moore he's Epcot. I don't get it <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. You a big ball? No, like I, I don't, I don't get Epcot. Like drinking around the world, sure, that's fine. Like that, okay. That's what else do you do? Like
1: so, yeah. That's... So, so drinking around the world to Epcot is Mahomes to Sky More. Like Sky exists because of Patrick Mahomes. Epcot exists because of drinking around the, the world.
2: But then there's like all this other stuff there. Like I don't know. It just. Well, they did have the Buffalo Popcorn too. That was delicious. That was the only place to get it in Disney. And it was amazing. So um, Christian Watson, he is Canada's Wonderland for me. Only because of the initials. (laughs) I don't really have a comp, but he's CW, Canada's Wonderland, CW. Great. Uh, James Cook is King's Dominion. I've been there. It's kind of felt like I... uh, So if Kenneth Walker is King's Island, James Cook is King's Dominion. Well, kind is of that, over like, overrated overrated not okay. nearly as good uh again for me not nearly as good um but like
1: do do people claim that king's dominion's upside is, is higher than than
2: uh i think some people king's some people claim they're basically the same park they're not the same park <laughs> <laughs> they're really close to the same park long ago um they really really were <laughs> they're not anymore All right. George Pickens is Carowinds. I like it a little bit more than everybody. Like I love Carowinds and it's just a sneak. I think it's Carowinds. Carowinds is in, it's over the South Carolina, North Carolina border down in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. But it's the only park in North America that crosses two States. Uh, So it's, it's really fun. Like I said, I think it's a sneaky value because it's not often all that crowded and they actually have some really good coasters. Like, there's going to be some really good days for George Pickens. Hopefully. Hopefully he gets a couple. All right. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, Kony, uh, Kenny Pickett is Coney Island. Meh. Like, if you're really in need of a day in an amusement park, Coney Island in Cincinnati, I should say. Not, I've never been to Coney Island in New York, but Coney Island in Cincinnati, like, I, I don't uh, – It's if you go there, you might have fun. You're probably going to feel – like, why didn't we just go up to Kings Island? It's not that far away. We should we should have just worked out a little, worked a little harder and gotten But some, but put
1: a little but Sometimes, in. as in this quarterback class, sometimes there is no Kings Island.
2: Yeah, maybe you have you to settle for the Coney
1: Island in Cincinnati, yeah. which I, I didn't know there was a Coney Island in Cincinnati. So there you go. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it's really it's. Not, at one point, it was fun. Then they beat built Kings Island, and I don't think they've done anything to Coney Island since. All right, my final one, Malik Willis is Michigan Adventure. (laughs) This is a park where probably not a lot of people have heard of it. We went to it. Uh, You know, we went to it as part of this big trip where we were traveling around, going to all the Cedar Fair parks. So we were having all kinds of fun, lots of excitement. Then we got to Michigan Adventure. Um, It needs some work. It was kind of a disappointment. (laughs) Uh, Kind of a letdown we quickly left to go to Canada's Wonderland. I, I think we stayed there not even a full day in Michigan adventure. That's Malik Willis. a lot of excitement now kind of a letdown. Nathan and I have other parks I didn't even get get the <laughs> list because I just I couldn't I couldn't think of all of them
1: <laughs> next time I'll give you ample opportunity for your for your no uh, like park worlds
2: of fun. I didn't have a comp for worlds of fun. California's great America, Animal kingdom. Uh, I was trying to think of one for Americana, which is like a tiny little local park that shut down here like 30, 40 years ago. Like When I, when I was a kid, it was just, oh my God, like, I, I can't believe that this place operated. Even thinking back on it, it was probably so, scary. All right, so what about
1: my very lazy comp of R- Rashad White as Bush Gardens, where he's oh, in the- you never been Rashad White's Bush Gardens. I'm going to put this together. He landed in the perfect spot. Um, he's going to have his moments. You know, like uh, food and uh, food and wine fest, beer, beer, and, beer and garden, all those fun things. But there is the looming factor of Disney is right next door, and or Universal's right next door. So it's like, are you going to settle for Rashad White, or are you going to just go across the hall for Kenneth Walker and hall?
2: Yeah, Yeah. That's why I've never really been to Busch Gardens. Although I haven't done Universal either. But I mean, anytime we've gone to Orlando, it's like we're just going to Disney parks because like that's what we're here for. <laughs> we're planning a Disney trip. Although I do kind of I do kind of want to go to Universal. They have some coasters I want to get on.
1: righty, That should wrap us up for this evening. Uh, any last words, John?
2: Thank you, Nathan, for having me. This was fun.
1: Oh, yeah. As always, we appreciate you, John. And we will talk to you soon. For everybody else, we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, subscribe of is R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z uh, RV Radio 2022, and Underdog, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, to get your $100 deposit match for free. We'll talk to you guys soon.
0: do.
3: mypatriotsupply.com